Welcome to episode 27 of MADE, the podcast about purpose-driven design, making, and manufacturing. Today, we're going to talk about our maker Christmas list. Let's continue the conversation. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to MADE. With me, as always, are my co-host... Ray Peña. How you doing? Claudia Barragan. Hola, hello. And I am Jose Valcarso. Uh We're back. We've been away a little bit. With the holidays, it's sometimes hard for all three of us to get together. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, we're, we're, we're working it out. Yep. Yeah. Um, what's everybody been up to in the time we've been away? Um, a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. Working, YouTube, boat building. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting cold up by you now, right? Yeah, it's a little further north than us. Yeah, um, it's pretty chilly tonight. Yeah. But uh, I think we're all going to feel it in the next few days. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I hear. Yeah, the cold front's coming. Yeah. Yeah, and we finally own, we, well, we don't, we finally have a place that has a yard. So I was telling Claudia we need to go get salt. Oh, for the sidewalks, yeah. Yeah, for the, the sidewalks. sidewalks yeah. Do you have a yeah. snow shovel yet? Uh, yeah, there was a snow shovel when we moved in that they had. It's the, not in the greatest shape, though. You want to yeah. get another one? Get get before it snows, don't wait yeah. until yeah. the day before because it's going to be hard to find. Right, no, that's okay. the thing I told her about the salt. We got to go get salt before like the snow's coming because then yeah. it'll be difficult to find. Yeah. Oh, and what I do is um, I've got a, a five gallon bucket, so. If you don't have a five-gallon bucket with a lid, get one too, because the bag that the salt comes in does not last long. Mm. So you'll yeah. get holes, they'll get ripped, it'll, it'll spill all over the place. So I always put it in a five-gallon bucket with a lid. Yeah, yeah I had that issue in April. <laughs> with a bag of broken with salt? With a bag break, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like, That's oh, why I always do it. Everything. Yeah. Always just get a bucket and you don't have that problem. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I've been looking forward to like decorating our house a little bit more in the jolly side and then i'm really looking forward to our main topic because i need to figure out what to get jose yeah and i'm <laughs> sure he's gonna drop hints through all. so you act like, like you I'm, know I'm, him yeah i'm taking notes <laughs> i'm taking full of notes here <laughs> well that's because i don't drop hints throughout the day you know like somebody <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, I know exactly like yeah. morning moon and evening mm-hmm. i tell them what i want yeah yeah, so we're going to talk about what makers wants for Christmas. But I think before we get to do that, we have a couple of new stories that we can just cover real quick. So let's let's do that first, and then we'll get to our main topic. Mm-hmm. All right, so a couple of quick news stories um, here at the top that I that I saw throughout the week that just sort of caught my eye. Um, the first one. We've talked about this company before, uh, and they, I mean, I think they're a company, again, we're not affiliated with any of these companies, but they're a company that I've sort of been looking very forward to their product. Uh, the Glowforge, which is a, it's a, a laser cutter that is supposed to be sort of like the friendliest laser cutter in the market that sort of anybody can use. It's supposed to be very easy to, to use as opposed to like, you know, it had so many functions associated with it. It would recognize the material you're using, things like that. Um, 
And I think if you're on Facebook, you've probably seen an ad for it. Like the ad for the Glowforge comes up on my Facebook feed all the time. Oh, yeah. For the last year and a half, that's all I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so this article sort of goes into the just huge delays that the Glowforge has gone through and now has again announced another delay. You know, they were supposed to start shipping here at the end of the year. And now they've (laughs) said that they're not going to ship until 2017. So... It's unfortunate from my point of view that this is happening to this company because I'm sort of I was sort of really pulling for them. Um, I am still pulling for them, but it, it's hard to see. And I, I guess it's something that goes when you have this sort of crowdfunding campaigns. Um, but I'm interested to think what to see what you guys think about uh, this article. What, what do you I think? Mean, I'll go. I'll go yeah. really quickly because I don't have that much to say about the actual product, mm-hmm. um, other than that you know like. It's. I think we had another instance like this in which Kickstarter, and I would say specifically our printer, mm-hmm. <laughs> our three D printer that you know has it. It it's been a hard process to not understand, but to to manage your feelings mm-hmm. as you're waiting for this particular thing that you invested. You know, like this 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 tool that you have invested time in. And also the people that you have invested time with and the technology and, you know, the fact that you are being a, um, you're, you're being an entrepreneur, like a, a, a venture capitalist almost, right? Mm-hmm. In, in that sense that you, you, you're like investing in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many feelings behind that. So I can only imagine, you know, if I have the feeling for $150 printer or something, that's how much it costs. $179. $179 printer. 3D printer, mm-hmm. you know, what it what it's like for this particular product. And not that, you know, like, the cost is, is that big of an issue, but, you know, like, the fact that, you know, they promised so much and, and look how, how much they failed. Mm-hmm. Now, that's... I've We've had this discussion before. That's Kickstarter. That's the whole process. You know it's the part of the risk and everything else I can completely understand and very... and rationalize. Mm-hmm. But the feelings are still there. You know, yeah. like the the whole feeling of being disappointed. So that's all I have to say. I can just, I definitely feel, I can, I can, I can have that camaraderie with those that are feeling disappointed with them. You can connect yeah. with them. I can connect yeah. with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ray? What do you think of me? Because I can understand what Claudia's saying. I understand the feelings. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I can see that too. Um, you know, m- my own personal experience, uh, you know, recently I, uh, I I did not participate directly, but I did work for a company that had a Kickstarter campaign. And I, I got to tell you, they ran it very, very well. They had us in place for manufacturing before the end of the Kickstarter campaign. And the moment that the Kickstarter campaign was complete... I received the finalized drawings and a deposit to start manufacturing immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they they handled it. It's a different product, obviously, but they handled it so well uh, that all of their um, I would say customers, with for the lack of a better way to describe it, I wouldn't say investors. I wouldn't say shareholders. I would say customers because. Uh, you know, that they invested whatever money they did into uh, not just the company, but they had an eye on this final product. So I completely understand that, you know, even though uh, the kick, 
the crowd the crowdfunding uh, concept is wrought with with uh, um, I wouldn't say issues, but with the potential for loss. Uh, like any investment, there's reward and there's a possibility for loss. And, and either way, it's a 50-50. You don't really know which way it's going to go. Um, I think that when you have uh, a company that has a product in place and it looks like it's going to come out, that people psychologically prepare for receiving a product. And I don't think they make that connection that an investment has potential loss. Uh, so I completely sympathize and connect with the same thing that Claudia is saying. But on the other hand, <laughs> I personally am not going to spend money on a product that I can't put my hands on. I got to be able to go out there and put my hands on it. So, um, you know, I personally wouldn't invest in this kind of crowdfunding. Uh, but I do see the, uh, the potential and the usefulness of it. Uh, but, because, but I don't have that tolerance for, for that much risk. Hmm. That's a really good view. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah I, mean, I I understand that, but I, I think and I, I get your point of view because that and that's why you don't do it. I think when somebody has gotten into this, into, in has gotten into this, um, space that it, certain things have to be expected, and I wouldn't call them customers. You know, I think the people that funded. Uh, Glowforge are not their customers at this point. They are their funders. That that's what investors. is about. Investors and they're getting it as a reward for that investment. Um, they're getting the machine. You know, some people invested money and they're getting a T-shirt or whatever other things were part of the crowdfunding campaign. You know, those people that invested and they're getting a T-shirt. I don't see them complaining. Like, Where's my T-shirt? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's a different thing, but you know, that's sort of what they got into. So I don't know. Um, I'm torn about, I think my feelings of disappointment with this are more since I didn't invest in this particular machine are because I, I would like to see this machine come to, to market and be successful. Um, much like our 3D printers, as they've already had their second set of shipments out and about. So, you know, I, I hope the best for Glowforge. We'll see, I guess, how it proceeds. Um, it just seemed like such a revolutionary machine to me that it'd be great for it to hit the market soon. Yeah, it would be. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, well, let's go to the next story, which... Um, entertainment news. Yes, entertainment news. Our first trailer, actually, that we're covering on the <laughs> on the show, um, it's the name of this new TV show is called the White Rabbit Project, and it is um, for anybody that was a fan of the MythBusters. I was a huge fan of the MythBusters. Um, I think most people associate Jamie Heineman and, and Adam Savage with it, but you know anybody that watched the show religiously knows the other three members, which were uh, Carrie, Grant, and Tori. Um, they were not there. They, they were there throughout the entire sort of run of the show. They were not there the last season of the show. They're now starting their own TV show called The White Rabbit Project. Uh, what do you guys think about the trailer for this, for this new show? Uh, I will tell you this. The trailer was quite high energy, and hmm. uh, I had absolutely no idea what it was about. <laughs> it was interesting, and I'm like, what are they? I mean, they were just all over the place. And then I, uh, I guess I read the uh, the press release afterwards. Um, 
and what the best I can I can categorize it is as a kind of like investigative reporters for things that are actually interesting instead mm-hmm. of uh, investigative reporters for for uh, ridiculous things um, that we see a lot of. So um, it's not a they're not going to be mythbusters and I, I think that's the first thing you go to. Uh, when you when you think of the crew, uh, but I think they're going to explore interesting things and and look at the at the hows and the whys uh, yeah. without trying to dispel any any misconceptions. Yeah. What about you, Claudia? What, what was your impression? No, well, I was caught up in the name. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what is White Rabbit, and. According, Chasing white according. rabbits, really? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just, I just didn't, which is exactly that. I mean, I, I think you, you described it very well. Yeah. It's just like, you know, just the discovery of of new things or the discovery of understanding something, mm-hmm. the yeah. process of, and it, a lot of it is also in the process of discovery. Um, so I think that's something that even the Mythbusters focused on a lot. Well, you know, they had a specific goal mm-hmm. that they wanted to emulate and see if it was actually a myth or not um mm-hmm. the process of reaching to that scientific uh discovery or a scientific you know like understanding of that that hypothesis that hypothesis um was the fun part right. and i think this this particular show and the the trailer focused on that on that fun part but that's why it was so exciting and, and you know, things are moving everywhere. Uh, I really like the the girl. I think the girl is really cool. I'm mm-hmm. glad that they have her there. Karen. I don't think the show wouldn't would would be mm-hmm. wouldn't be as good if they didn't have her as part of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she was my favorite personality on uh, the Mythbusters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Gary Carrie's her name was definitely fun in the show and uh and I, th- I, I hope she brings that onto this new show. I mean, I can imagine she, she will. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's I've missed Mythbusters since I've been off the show, and I think this is well, it won't be an exact copy, and I think that's what they're trying to sort of stay away from people thinking there's going to be a copy of Mythbusters. Um, I think it'll be a fun watch, and I hope I hope that it still sort of shows the sort of the process of making the devices or the things that they needed to test things, you know? Yeah. I think that was sort of the, one of the more interesting parts of Mythbusters. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even though that, um, you know, they're being very clear that it's not the Mythbusters, they are clearly after the same uh, uh, audience, the same target demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, when you read part of the thing, it says... It, the, the White Rabbit Project will investigate various topics within pop culture, history, and science. That sort of sounds like the Mythbusters. Yeah, it does, yep. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. I mean, and if it is very similar to Mythbusters, I think that's just fine. I'll watch it for that. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to it starting. I think once it starts, maybe we'll cover it a little bit here on the show, to at least for the beginning of it, you know? Yeah. What they're up to. So, Cool. Um, yeah, so I think that's all the news we have for now. Let's uh, move on to our main topic. Yes. And let's talk Christmas lists. All right. All right. Let's do it. All 
Alright, so let's get to our main topic. And what we're going to talk about this week is we are going to put together a maker's Christmas list. So, you know, if you know a maker or you have a maker in your family and you're trying to figure out what to buy them, this is our guide for that, you know. Um, I think last time we recorded, I called it our world famous episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, I think, you know, we've all, and I'll put this list, we have a list that's broken down into sort of price ranges, 25, up to $25, 25 to 100 100 to 300 and then 300 and above. Um, so I think I'll put this list up on the notes when I upload the, the show. Um, so I think what we're going to do is just going to go between, we'll, we'll take turns picking out a thing, picking out a, an item and we'll talk about it. Right? And we, we should probably say we are not endorsing any of these products, uh, Directly or right. indirectly, we have no right, tie I mean, to them. We just some things that yeah. we we figured that are useful, and mm-hmm. uh, I know I have some of these things. I'm guessing you guys have some of these things too. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, and I maybe we should talk about that briefly. I, I, as I was adding stuff to the list, I looked at it as either stuff that I have or stuff that I want or yeah. stuff that I think would be helpful for somebody. Um, we're not affiliated with any of these companies that I know of. So <laughs> that, that uh, that's a of. very vague way of <laughs> Well, I mean I, I, I don't I don't think we're affiliated with any of these companies. Yeah. Um so if we are it's by chance. Like your five oh one. Your four oh one. Oh yeah, yeah. Is, is any in, investment right. yeah that we may not even be aware of. Right, yeah. yeah. Like I yeah, so I'm uh, as as I as I'm aware of we're not in any way, shape or form affiliated with these companies. These are just sort of things we're kind of somewhat recommending you buy for somebody else. Or for yourself. Yeah. Or so, for us, if, you, if you're interested. Yeah, yeah. We're setting up a P.O. box. So I'll have that address. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to send me any any of these items. Jose's mom. <laughs> Jose's mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, she's not sending me anything. None of this. No, none of this stuff. Um, all right. So I figured we'd just, you know, sort of go back and forth at a ping pong, if you will. If you could imagine a three-person three table of ping pong. That would be that, weird. That, no, actually, I think that could be a good sport. We might, so? might have just come up with something there. Yeah. The three-way ping pong. A three-way ping pong. Design it and make it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll just go back and forth. Um, why don't you kick us off, Claudia? All right. Pick an item, any item. Pick an item, any item. Well, actually, why don't we say, let's each pick an item from the up to 25 range first. How about that? All right, cool. So, um... This one is a funny one, I thought, because I, you know, I pictured like a a a, uh, a boyfriend coming to a girlfriend's house who wants to do crafting and wants to get a little bit more than, you know, get more involved in just general crafting or mm-hmm. sewing. So I picked any hammer, any just hammer. a hammer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and just and there are some good ones that are ergonomic, uh, and. I, you know, like, I think, which one was this one that I picked? Um, but um, it's a high-velocity hammer, I guess. It's the, that's the brand, the Vaughn Stealth is the brand. And, mm. yeah, they make really, really good hammers, like top-notch and, you know, all the way up to $35. Mm. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think everybody needs a hammer, whether oh, you're yeah. a maker or not. I think you need a hammer. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know what? If, even if you... If you don't have a hammer, you always wish you had a hammer. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You almost wish. You almost wish you had more. Cause like, 
you know, you're upstairs and then all of a sudden you need a hammer, you gotta go all the way downstairs and bring the hammer up and yeah. yeah. Have it as a car. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you include mallets in the hammer discussion, right? Um I like would a soft I, mallet. Yeah, because in general you're you're talking about a striking tool. So yeah. I would include a mallet, a dead blow. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with dead blow hammers. Uh, yeah, the Deblo hammers have uh, like pellets inside of it. So when you hit it, stay. Like yeah, they have a soft face, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they have the it's lead. They have lead mm-hmm. shot in there. Yeah. They're quite effective. I have uh, I keep four of them in the house. Well, in my tool uh, of different weights, which are very useful because sometimes you want to tap lightly and sometimes you want to destroy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's a that's a good place to kick off. What about you, Ray? How about a, a zero to twenty five dollar? In the zero to twenty five dollar, if I had to pick one thing without question, it would be the clamp. Because what is the number one rule of of clamps? You can That's never have too clamp. many. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we've had this discussion yes, before many times. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, and, and all kinds of. Clamps. All mm. kinds of clamps. And Little so ones, big ones. Uh, some of the more effective clamps, I mean, we know about C-clamps and all that kind of mm. stuff, but um, bar clamps, like uh, I'm thinking like the quick grip type of clamps, and that just happens mm. to be one manufacturer. Um, I think now uh, there's different manufacturers that make it. In fact, I think I saw a DeWalt one which was for the first time. I thought that was unusual. But, uh, yeah, you always got to clamp something for some reason, or if you're by yourself, you need an extra pair of hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, if I had to pick one thing, I would definitely say clamps, and in specific the the uh, bar clamp with the uh, the trigger on it that you can, mm-hmm. as you squeeze it, it clamps up. Because sometimes yeah. you can't use both hands to clamp; you only have one-handed clamping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I know you can get quite a selection of them inexpensive. That's how you want to see. If you need you need a bunch of them. A good way of starting is a Harbor Freight has. You can go buy them inexpensively, sort of knockoff brands or. Unbranded ones. Yep. If you just want to have a bunch of them. Yep. So, yeah. Cool. Um, see, one that I added here, I think it's no secret, I like to make uh, kits of different things. So I added a, uh, I thought there are two things, I, I joined two of the things I love in this in this one. Mm-hmm. I, I like to make kits and then I love me some VW buses. So I added in here a VW bus laser cut wooden model kit from a seller on Etsy. And uh, you know it's basically what it is, it's somebody that has a laser cutter, uh, made a little wood kit of a BW bus. Uh-huh. You order it, they send it to you, and you put it together, you glue the thing together, and it looks like a BW bus. So, yeah, it looks very nice with the operating doors and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's very well made, very well designed. Um, I'm probably not gonna buy this one because I think I'm gonna design my own <laughs> version of it, but but it's very cool, I might, I might order it, I don't know, it's only 20 bucks. Uh-huh. You know, and I think a lot of people love the BW bus. After so. we're dropping hints at me right now. No. Hint, hint, hint. Hint, hint, hint. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, well, you know, that's what's interesting because this is someone who is a maker who has uh, created their own little niche mm-hmm. of uh, of products with the tools mm-hmm. they have in their shop. Right. Yeah, yeah, and there's quite a variety. You know, if, you, if you're not into cars, they had planes, they had... Believe ships even so there was if you just search on Etsy you know Etsy is a great place to look for things that are handmade if you just looked on Etsy and you just did a search for wood laser cut kits you could find all all different kinds of them so all, all a variety of different makes so yeah so I think Very check nice. that out yeah 
you know, a little... It's both something for a maker to make and supporting another maker, so... Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, Claudia, what about you? Pick a, pick a different category and uh, and give us another one. All right, well, this is between, I guess, 25 and, and uh, 100 or a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Pinbox 3000. I think we talked about this before. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. saw it at mm-hmm. a Maker Fair, mm-hmm. remember? Yeah, yeah. And um, was it a product of the week? I think it was a product of the week. Yes, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. It was, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, they have the basic uh, option right now, and I, you know you can buy buy add-ons to it, and the basic mm-hmm. one is about fifty dollars, just mm-hmm. the blank one that you can then you know like really put your artistic Make your creativity in it. it, yeah, and then you can just put it like mm-hmm. pick a theme and stuff like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's cool for a maker to you know whether it's a kid or an adult, you could you know. Or if, even if you know somebody that has a pinball collection, you know, this could mm-hmm. be something for them to to make their own, check it out, you know, like have as part of their pinball collection. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Very nice. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll try and find what episode it was we talked about and add it to the description so that way people can go back and check all our discussion about that. Yeah, that's been a while. I can't remember yeah, how far can't. back that is. It's funny, we've been doing this long enough that I can't remember every episode anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, cool. All right, Ray, pick uh, one, one you do one in the 25 to 100. Okay. Um, the one I'm going to do is uh, the uh, the pocket hole jig. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of different pocket hole jigs, and uh, you guys, in fact, I made something for you guys that was quite utilitarian for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't remember if you guys were there when I put it together, how quickly... And strong, uh, the joints can be made to assemble something three-dimensionally. Uh, a lot of times, uh, if you have any cabinets, you may not even notice, but, but a lot of cabinets today, the face frames are made uh, with pocket hole jigs. But yeah. um, there's no limit. I mean, you, you can do all kinds of, of uh, stuff. In fact, you know, the bookcases at my house, mm-hmm. uh, I put all that together. That was all pocket hole. Yeah, yeah, no, this is very, it's very useful, very cool. Yeah, and and, and it's reasonable too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know what? And because I recently saw on TV, like one of those as seen on TV things, uh-huh. and they it was it was a pocket hole jig, but it was so complicated. It's, it was it was an L shape, so you could do two sides at once, and it was like it was just overly complicated. When you could just get this one, and it does the same thing. Two sides at once. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, I saw it tomorrow. I'll have to look it up. And uh, sounds like a late night TV thing. Yeah, it was definitely a late night TV thing. So, yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. I think it's it's also good for upcycling furniture mm-hmm. that you know you like want to change it up a little bit and you don't want the you don't want to see all of the right, you don't want to see the, the, the screws or the screws yeah. or any yeah. of that stuff. So yeah, yeah. Why don't you actually describe it for somebody that may not be looking at it? Describe what it does. To oh them. yeah, so about it as if we yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so, you know, traditional wood joinery is very strong, but it's time-consuming and requires quite a bit of skill. If you're going to be cutting, um, you know, like mortise and tenon joints or even even something simple like a half-lap joint requires some skill and ability. Uh, the nice thing about the pocket hole jig, because it creates a an angled pocket for by which you can insert a screw and join two pieces of wood, um, it's a very simple tool to use with only one other tool, and that's a drill. 
So it, it allows you to drill this angled hole with a flat bottom and use special screws. Or, there are special screws that are designed to be used. And we usually when you buy like a kit, they usually come with some screws. And um, there was a time that pocket hole screws were hard to find, but now you can find them anywhere. The hardware store has them. The big, the big box stores have them. You can order them online. Hell, I, I think you can get them on Amazon uh, through Prime the next day. So nowadays, those those pocket hole screws are very easy to find, and of course, uh, you ha- you just have to have minimal woodworking skills. If you can cut, if you have a saw that you can cut straight with, um, and a pencil that you can mark with, you can uh, and a drill, of course, you can assemble quite a bit of interesting furniture uh, like that. I mean, the thing we did for you guys for you guys was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it was a frame that had to support quite a bit of weight too. Yeah. So and you guys used it for years. Yeah, it's still here. It's set up actually on the on the corner here. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. No, that's a very useful tool. And and if you want to take up your woodworking to another level, I think this is sort of the thing to do for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, so in this same category, 25 to $100 range, I put on here for 35 bucks. It is a uh, subscription to Make Magazine. Ah, uh, yes. I think, you know, any maker should have a subscription to Make Magazine. I think it's a great magazine to have. Um, you see it all You see it all over every maker fair, obviously. Um, but, you know, it has a lot, bunch of projects. You can learn so much from it. You can keep up to date as to what our makers are doing. So, you know, I definitely support Make Magazine, and I think people should, should do the same. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, so Make Magazine. Um, you can usually pick up a free issue to if you if, you're, if you want to check it out before subscribing or whatever. You can pick up a free issue at Maker Fairs, mm-hmm. you know, just to, to see what it's like. So, cool. All right. What about, so pick another one, Claudia. Um, so I saw this thing at one of the shows in, uh, on TV, Oprah. <laughs> Oprah. She's <laughs> not a show Maryland. on TV. She no longer has a show, mm-hmm. but like, so this, this, this particular gift goes back a long time and I just loved I loved it when I saw it and I was like oh this is really cool and I totally I, I wish I could have it because she like the the presenter was doing everything with it she was just using it for for um crafting uh so it's the Black & Decker mouse uh detail sander mm-hmm. and I I like the name of it. <laughs> that was one of it. One of the reasons why it looks like a little mouse running around your piece of wood mm-hmm. and then um how small it is and how versatile it is. I think it's for um, someone who's just starting to do some woodwork. Um, I think it helps, and also you can, you know, it's a, it's small enough that you can, if you have a small apartment, a studio, or even live in a group home, mm. you know, you could have this handy little tool. And it's only thirty bucks. It's also easy to use if you want to change the sandpaper. Or it's mm-hmm. usually velcroed on, so yeah. anybody mm-hmm. can really use it. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, and you you know if you're making stuff, you're gonna be sanding it at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like one of the one of the guys that I watch on YouTube all the time says that like eighty percent of making is just sanding. <laughs> you know. So now he makes a lot of props and stuff. So he's sanding all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Cool. All right, you got another one, Ray? Uh, same category? Yeah, I mean, you can pick any category. It doesn't have to be the same one. Okay. Um, I don't know if we, we wanted to look at something else. Um, 
the the well i'll tell you what in this category there is another tool that i uh that i personally have that uh i've had for 25 years the same ones mm-hmm. and that is uh corner uh radiusing tools um as far as i know only this one company makes them but they're available everywhere um veritas is, is a uh, a company that makes a lot of woodworking tools <clears throat> and the corner radius tool it's like a little plane Mm. but it's designed to take the sharp corner off of a piece of wood and give you a radius. And these tools, you buy them as a set, and it's just uh, you know, a hardened piece of metal <clears throat> that's cut a certain way mm. um, that lets you take the corner off and provide a radius at the same time. Mm. So it really softens the edges of your, of your projects. Um, you know, some people might like square corners but if um if you're making stuff you might realize that when you have something with a with a very very square corner any tiny little bump immediately dings that corner and mm-hmm. it dings it so good and it really is a, is a, a distracting you know it takes away from the project so by taking the corner off you're actually making the corner stronger uh so that if you get a little bump or a little ding it, you don't even notice it and can you change can you select your radius like can you make it yep. really yeah it's a it's a two-piece set and it has a different radius on each end so it, it has the set has four different radiuses on it you just turn it around and use whichever one you want i think it's really good for um, moms too right because having the sharp edges on furniture can be very uh can, can pose a, a a risk for your kids sometimes you know like if they're bumping on it and or scratches and stuff like that and or like hit their heads in it yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, uh, you know, that example, if you're making, uh, you know, any stools or benches or shelves or anything, you know, that one by lumber has very, very square, sharp mm-hmm. corners. You just take mm-hmm. them right off. Mm-hmm. How do you sharpen it? Um, funny enough, I've, like I said, I've had them for 20 years. I've never sharpened them. Never, um, sharpen never had to sharpen them. They really hold an edge. That's why I really like them. They hold an edge so, so well. Um, the, uh, the older versions that I have did not come with a sharpener, uh, but I think the newer ones do. I think when you buy the new ones, they do come with a sharpener. They come with a, like, yeah, probably especially shaped sharpener. To yeah, it has to be yeah. radius to fit inside that groove. Mm. Yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. Nice. That's another good woodworking tool there. All right, so um, I will go with... Um, similarly to how I love having the... I love making kits. The other thing I, I love is Lego kits as well. And it's one of those things that, like, it was sort of the first things that got me into making stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and the good thing about Lego is now that it has such a variety of different kits you can buy, um, the ones I prefer are the buildings. So, like, the one I put on here was the flat iron building. Um, you know, the, the, the can be a little pricey, I will say, I will say that. Um, oh, Lego also has a BW bus kit, by the way. Oh, do they now? Hint, they hint, hint, hint. Again. It's quite, it's quite big, though. It's quite large. <laughs> I, would not, uh, I would not expect that. And actually, I think it's out of... Uh, it, it, they stopped making it now, so it's like you can only get it through eBay. But, um, yeah, so, I, you know, any kind Not of that Lego he's interested, kit. but it is oh. available on eBay. It is available <laughs> on eBay. It's easy to find. I have a search set up for it, and it lets me know when they're up there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, any Lego kit, I think, you know, if it's for a, you know, I know quite a few adults that appreciate them just as much as the kids. 
And actually, quite a few of these kits are clearly made for adults more than they're made for kids. So, so if you have a maker in your family, you know, Lego is always a great gift to give. So. And what I always find interesting is that it's a kit, mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, I personally like to have, just have, like, a bucket of Legos and just, you know, go crazy with it. Like, try mm -hmm. to find something. And, you know, you have, like, a wheel, like, when we went to the Lego um, show. Mm -hmm. That's what they had. And I had the most fun of that at, at, in that little area where they had, like, a bunch, like a bunch of Yeah, buckets you can just of, select whatever Lego you want. In every single shape possible that mm -hmm. you can, you know, like, create your own plane, create mm -hmm. your own character, create whatever you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Because some of these kits, I mean, like you, you were saying that they're expensive. I saw mm -hmm. a show that uh, a kid started. It was actually in um, the Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. Like his, he st he started a lemo a lemonade stand mm -hmm. so that he could buy himself the one of the Star Wars Legos because it was like in the hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And he his lemon stand was so successful that he decided to to go in a, in a business for that right. <laughs> you know so well the lego kits are what saved lego lego was in danger of going out of business when they used to just sell buckets of legos but the lego kit itself is really what saved lego from having to this from disappearing mm -hmm. Oops, that. um so that's that's why i, I don't know i mean that's why they're never gonna go away lego's gonna keep making them but i think they're also fun i don't know this maybe it's just me yeah um, and now they have lego building competitions Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah. And there's world records for how quickly somebody put together a kid or whatever. So it's, you know, it's its own. It's taken off to another degree. But, you know, just buy somebody a kid. Cool. So. Yeah, cool. And uh, what, about, what else you got, Claudia? Um, I will go back to, like, what Jose mentioned is are these memberships. And mm -hmm. I found one that was really cool. It's um, the Instructables Pro account. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go, you know, most people will go to Instructables and the 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 website. And it's basically like, the, I saw like the best description of Instructables is um, a web-based documentation system for makers. So basically mm -hmm. documenting your, your projects and then sharing them with people. Or um, if you're just getting started with being a creative or designing, it's a good place to go and just look at what's available to mm. and then um yeah so they have this uh this plans that you can buy like a premium plan and uh you, you can send private messages to different people you can have classes because they also offer classes so you have mm. unlimited access to classes and um you even can get a one-on-one -on -one help with um from instructors themselves mm. if you have this pro account and um the other thing is that you can you know, like, I, I personally like to have, uh, if I'm going to read any, any instructions or booklets, mm -hmm. right, you could have a bunch of them and you lose them all over your place. And, you know, if you have them on an iPad with a PDF, like an actual e-file, and they have that as well. They have um, e-book downloads and PDF downloads of all the information so you're, you don't have to You don't have to flip it. through the thing. Yeah. Okay. And um, so it's only, like, it's only 20... $23 and a year. But um, and what I would do is I would add like a tape measure and uh, metal rollers to the <laughs> package, you know, because you're like, you're buying someone a, uh, a membership. It's not, you don't wrap that, <laughs> right? That's true. So, yeah. you know, put something else that's, <clears throat> that they're going to use with that, that, that they're going to use all the time because of the, of the membership account. So. Okay, that's cool. It's funny. I didn't even know that uh, Instructables had a a pro account. 
Yeah, yeah this is news point. to me. Yeah. Yeah, because I find myself going to the website sometimes to look for projects or, or something. Or if I'm trying to do something, to check it out if they have somebody that's already done it before. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I didn't realize it. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. All right, Ray, you got, you got another one? Uh, yeah, and for this one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump it up to the 100 to $300 category. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the tools that I, that I have um, that I find quite indispensable is uh, the, an oscillating tool. Mm-hmm. Now, um, for our listeners that don't know what an oscillating tool is, that's uh, kind of like a... Um, Kind of like the saw, like if you ever broke your arm and the saw they used to cut the cast off with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, this is not the medical version of that. It's just the, the regular, um, you know, home uh, workshop kind of version of this tool. Yeah. Um, a lot of manufacturers make it now. Fine is, makes one that's very expensive, but it's supposed to be one of the, uh, the nicer ones there are. Uh, but the one that I had uh, selected here... Uh, was uh, was one by I think DeWalt. Um, mm-hmm. I've had I've had a Dremel one. I currently have a port of cable one. Uh, my Dremel one got stolen. I don't know if you remember a few years ago when they broke into my storage unit and stole yeah. thirty five hundred dollars worth of tools. So they, that's one of the things that they took. So I ended up getting a port of cable one. But uh, I mean they're all pretty much the same. And now uh, they've come out with the universal blade system. So when they mm-hmm. first came out, you had to buy the blades for your particular tool. Because the other ones wouldn't fit, um, they've realized that uh, they can all sell more blades if they were all universal. So now you don't have to buy the blades that fit your your model; they all kind of fit. Nice. Uh, That's nice. It is, yes, yeah, a nice de- uh, detail. But you can use these as sanders or as saws. Um, you know, I believe it or not, with all the tools that I have, sometimes this is the only tool that will fit or do the job. Ooh. Yeah, because you can cut wood. I've seen people cutting wood with it. I've seen people cutting all sorts of stuff with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, we wood have one metal. at the office for when we go to a house to measure or to do exp- exploration. We we take this one of these tools so that we can cut through drywall. We can cut through almost anything with it. So Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's $130, which is, uh, you know, right there in that category and on the lower end. And I think quite reasonable. Uh, for what it can do, and of course, it, like I said, like Claudia mentioned, a sander, it it also does that uh, as well. So it's quite nice tool. I've like I said, I've had one, I've had two, and I currently have one. And uh, I think we have one in the shop too uh, that we use sparingly for those hard to reach areas. Hmm. Now it's pretty cool. I, I get it's it's cool because it's a, a multi-purpose tool. You know, it's not a one thing. Correct. Tool. Um, it's funny. I don't know why I would have thought that you would not be a fan of these tools. I don't know why. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> I, I find <laughs> it very, very useful. Like, but it's not for everything. Right. Um, if you look at the commercials for these things, it makes you think like, oh, you can, you can build a, a you know, ten thousand square foot mansion with one of these things. That's not true. Right. I think yeah. they even show people cutting tile with it. Yeah. It's clearly not the optimal thing to cut Correct. tile Correct. It, it, it'll do it, but it doesn't do it well. Right. Yeah. But yeah, this is, but where the way I've used it is for when you're putting in a window, uh, sometimes you got to clean up the opening and it's mm. hard to uh, get in there. Um, when you got to make a cut that's behind something else, hard to get to. Um, and, and for drywall, it's actually cuts a very nice, clean opening in drywall. 
Yeah, no, we that, that's that's the main thing we use it for at the office is when we need to explore inside drywall in chases or whatever, we use it to cut through drywall. It cuts through plaster pretty well. Plaster can eat up the blades that we have for it. But yeah. yeah. But if you get the carbide blades, yeah. they, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, we get, we get the cheap blades at the office, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, no, cool. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure why I, I didn't think you'd like this tool. Maybe it's because it's just too much of a multi-purpose. Yeah. That I, I thought you wouldn't like it. But well, it's, nice. it's not heavy duty either. Right. So, but, but you know, every tool has its place. Hmm? Mm-hmm. No, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Um, let's see, I got one here. Um, in the same category, sort of like 100 to 300 range. Um, I think this is something we've talked about before and sort of keeping in in the thing. I, I talked about the Legos, the, the Make Crate. We, I'm a, we're a big uh, uh, fans of Make Crate. Mm-hmm. So, and again, we've talked about them. Actually, multiple times we've met them at, at a few of the maker fairs we've been to. Um, but they're basically a subscription-based uh, company. You sign up with them, and then they send you a crate of... Diff- every every month, you get a crate with different things that you can make. So, you know, I think it's... it's a, we, we've talked about it at Nauseam. I'll also link to the... And with some guided instructions, don't they come... Right. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely instructions to it. Uh, so it ranges between 120 to 360 dollars, depending on how many months you get the subscription for. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I think that something like this is is also good for um, when you like if you're an educator. Let's say you work at a charter school or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have like more autonomy, mm-hmm. and um, you want to buy something for your team, mm-hmm. right? Um, for your like your maybe your art team, mm-hmm. like um, educators. Or, you know, maybe other techie people. Right. And, yeah, I think that's, that would be really cool because then it makes it easier for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's cool. And, you know, I, last time we, when we saw him at New York Maker Fair, at World Maker Fair, the, we, I talked to them a little bit and I know they have a bunch of stuff sort of coming down the pipeline. So it, it'll just keep an eye out for them and you, you, they'll eventually, I think, have a bigger variety of different things that you can make. So, cool. that's cool. So, um, what I chose um, is something that Jose uses uh, often, mm-hmm. and he. I'm gonna I'm gonna combine these two, I guess. Um, so one of the things is that if you're a maker and if you've already started to do stuff, upcycling something, making crafting something, or like just you know manufacturing something for Etsy or something like that, then and and then you want to share it with others or with your own family or you make a gift, right? Mm-hmm. Like always record yourself. Mm. Right, and then um, so Jose has this like um, camera, like a pocket a camcorder that is small and it's um, and it's specifically a camera, so it's not you're basically not using your no, your phone. Not using your phone, right? Um, so and and it's already HD and it's already you know and there's several of them, so the price ranges between seventy dollars and probably one hundred and fifty dollars, depending on you know how much how much um, memory you want. Mm-hmm. And everything else. So I thought that was really cool. And but you know you can't hold the camera with one hand and then work with the other, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to have um, some type of tripod. And um, that was the one thing I I have a flexible tripod for phone camera or like a or a pocket size camera mm-hmm. that you and it's you know they have those different kinds that you you basically can attach them to like um, 
you know, different tools. You can attach it anywhere, basically, and, mm -hmm. and it holds a pretty good grip. Yeah. yeah. I think you had, the, is it the Gorilla? No, it's not the Gorilla. The Gorilla. Yeah, it's the Gorilla is the, is the main one, mm -hmm. but the one I have right here is, like, a, a, small, a smaller version because it's twelve ninety nine. I figured, you mm -hmm. know, like, if you if you already spend on, on a camera, then just buy mm -hmm. the next best, less expensive tripod. Yeah, tiny no, little tripod that you could carry with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody should have it. If you have any kind of camera, you should have a tripod. You can even buy on Amazon as well. You can buy um, uh, a attachment for a tripod that will hold your phone. If all you have is your phone to record with, then you know they have they have different amounts so that you can attach your phone to your camera. Mm -hmm. You can also three D print some if you'd like. It's a good um, way of protecting your phone too, right? Yeah. Because I mean, you you, you damage yeah. your screen, and there it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that way you're not holding it. You know. They have apps now where you can do time lapses. You could put your phone in a location and and being held by the tripod and yeah, do your time lapse mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. share it with people. You know, I think that's a big part of being a maker. You should share your your process with people as well. Yeah, like it's no mystery, you know, that I, the no secret that I've got a YouTube channel. Every video I have filmed so far has been with my phone, mm -hmm. and uh, and I think they come out, you know, good enough. Yeah. But uh, I'm thinking for next year. You know, I'm gonna be looking for a camera myself, mm -hmm. and see yeah. which one which one would work best. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I think if, if you're starting doing it with a phone, it's great. Um, but yeah, something it, that you already use, have. Yeah, because then, but then you're also using up the space on your phone too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you have to constantly be emptying it. Because I've done the same thing. I, I've all, I, I, if I like to, if I want to set up two, I'll have one over here, and then I'll set up the phone on the other side. So yeah, yeah. Like, cool. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. Uh, you got another one, right? Um, I do, and uh, it's gonna bump us up into the uh, the big category, the uh, the big what I like to call the big spender category. <laughs> um, and uh, I actually have two things, but um, but you know, be choosing between the two, I think that the uh, the one that I would, if I had to choose one or the other, uh, the bandsaw would be my first go-to choice. And, you know, the reason is, of course, you everything you make, you're going to have to start by cutting one thing into a shorter thing. <laughs> if it's a piece of wood or a piece of plastic or whatever it is, no matter what you do, when you start, it starts off bigger than you need it and you need to cut it down to a smaller size. So uh, the advantage, of course, of the bandsaw is that you can cut irregular shapes. You're not limited to straight line cutting. Yep. Um, and so I've got a little, uh, you know, I, I say a little bandsaw. It's all about matter of perspective, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, a 10 inch bandsaw. I think you guys have like an eight inch bandsaw, right? Well, we got rid of it, but yes. Oh, you did get rid of it? Okay. Yeah. We had, we had like a, I think it was an eight inch bandsaw. Yeah. yeah. Which is small, but, but it does yeah. most of the things you need. Right. Uh, this is, uh, the one I, I, picked was a 10 inch only because it's it's just the next size up from uh you know hobby shop kind of thing mm. the eight inch mm. is really a little too small to be used uh for a lot of things but the 10 inch uh will get you to a lot of a lot of stuff that you'll be cutting it, um, it already comes with the table uh a like stand legs and stuff like um, a stand, yeah. i'm not sure if this particular one does um, some of them do and some of them don't. It's it's mm -hmm. one of those funny things. Um, but I, I don't remember if this particular one does. Mm -hmm. um, I 
think, you know what, reading through it, I think it may come with a stand. Yeah, it says open stand bandsaw, so I think it does. Yeah, <coughs> uh, but, the, you know, not they don't all do that, so if you're looking for a bandsaw, be sure to uh, identify whether you're going to be putting it on a bench or if you definitely need a, a stand to uh, either get one separately or make sure it comes with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we definitely had one at one point in a very small apartment. Mm. And we would just bring it out every so often on a table and then work yeah. on, on things and then we would put it put it away. It was small enough that we could do that. So there's mm-hmm. so many it's it's not a bad it's definitely not a bad tool to Yeah. Well I mean it's it's such a flexible tool. Um like I have now a uh, a um oscillating saw, one of the I think that's what it's called. A scroll saw? Yeah, scroll saw. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. I have a scroll saw which is nice. But it doesn't. It doesn't do as many things as a bandsaw does. Like you don't have the the, you don't have the, well you can angle the table some actually the one I have. But it doesn't give you the same flexibility as the bandsaw does. You don't yeah. have the rail. You don't have you know a lot of the things that you can do with a bandsaw that you can do with a uh, a scroll saw. You might as well just do it with a bandsaw. So yeah, I would yeah. also recommend that um, if possible, if you have the funds, get your friend or your significant other who you buy this a bunch of plates. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go into this and, again. Oh, uh, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> and if you are going to don't just get them once, you know, like maybe throughout the year <laughs> would yeah. be helpful because then if you don't have a blade and you break it, um, yeah, it's not it's not a fun experience. <laughs> especially right, especially right? if that person warned you about breaking it, right? Yeah, yeah. especially if they warn you about yeah, breaking it's, their it's blade. <laughs> Yeah, if someone gives you in specific instructions not to do something, mm-hmm. you really shouldn't just go run out and do the do that as the first thing. Right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. why I'm getting the Instructables Pro version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's really what we don't on a bandsaw anymore. Because I mean, let's just go over the many times. How many saws have you? How many saw blades have you broken on a bandsaw? <laughs> <laughs> how many on rays? How many on rays? Like two or three. So right. she, you're telling me she never learned the lesson. No, because she broke it at ours as well. Like I once, she was making a model for this company. We were like, it was like a commission we had done, and uh, I was off to work. And then I hear, I get a call from her, like, "Oh my god, I broke the only blade we had." <laughs> so I had to go find the blade like at a specialty hardware store that had already cleared, that's closed now, you know, because she couldn't find it at Home Depot, and it, it was just a mess. Did she tell yeah. you what she did? How she? Uh, yeah, how she, she broke did it? it to you as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, it's just yeah. yeah. It's, it's part of the experience, I think. Mm. Part <laughs> of, of the experience. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that it's part of the experience. <laughs> it's part of our experience, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah that's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. So cool. Yeah. Definitely a bandsaw. Um, uh, yeah. So I mean, not similar to bandsaw, but staying in that sort of same category of the, the expensive stuff, the three hundred dollar and above. Um, I put on here a 3D printer. You know, if you're looking to build somebody a 3D printer, one of the least expensive 3D printers that th- came out this year, and it's um, sort of looked as at a very good 3D printer for somebody, um, is the Prusa i3 3D printer. It can come as a kit or it can come pre-built. Um, so I highly recommend it. I think a lot of people out there have had great experiences with it. You, The more you tinker with it, um, it's not a 3D printer that you can just sort of 
buy and it's going to start working right off the bat like you would want it to. You're going to have to tinker with it and adjust and whatever. Um, but you can get great results with this printer that you would get with a much much more expensive printer. So, you know, if you have somebody that has that sort of that time and that ability, then this is the 3D printer I, I would get them. So. Now, does this come as a kit or does it come assembled? It, it can come both. The one that I'm showing here the, is the assembled one. But you can also buy a kit that's slightly cheaper. And a, a, a secret for some people, you can actually buy a knockoff Chinese one on eBay for about half the price that I'm showing here. This one that I'm showing here is $700. You can get one for about $300. That's sort of the, the, the knockoff Chinese one that's supposed to be just as good. For the most part. So this one is made in the U.S.? Uh, well, no, it's, it's made in China. But it's a brand name. The ones you find on eBay are not going to have the name of this company. Oh, so basically what happens, for people that don't know, is when you go and you get something made in China, a lot of times your molds and whatnot fall off the back of a truck and all of a sudden the same company that was making your design is starts making their own sort of knockoff half priced whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. design you know similar so, to it right yeah. so this is one of those 3d printers that's that's happened with them hmm. you know and it just came one. out this year yeah it came out earlier this year and uh it's a very good printer you know everybody's having you you the great thing is since it's flexible you can do a lot of things that people are experimenting with now like putting heated beds and things like that to it so you, you can really mess with it quite a bit mm -hmm. so, it's a good it's a good printer yeah. so who's next yeah I, I mean i guess i'm i'm next i'm, I'm gonna continue i'm gonna continue guys continue just the same as you guys with the high roller <laughs> gifts <laughs> big spend um, big spenders it's i don't think it's well it is it yeah if you get the full version then it is really expensive but you you have options so you know when you're using laser the laser cutter mm. at, at the library or if you're a designer as a whole um photographer once you start doing your own videos you have, right you have to edit them mm. and you have to um make things really nice and properly finished you know have a specific finesse to your work mm. right once you're you've, you become more um more experienced so you should get a Adobe Creative Cloud mm. um, as far as software tools. I, I think it's one of those really good tools to have in your in your knowledge base. Mm -hmm. It's one of those like gifts that keep on giving because it can lead to jobs. It can lead to more clients. It could lead to better exposure because you're producing better work. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the one app, you know, like if you just want to do Photoshop or something like that is $20 a month. Mm -hmm. um, which you know comes out to about two hundred and forty a year mm -hmm. uh, for one app. Uh, I know for like laser cutters and even three D printing and stuff. Sometimes um, Illustrator is really helpful yeah. um, on that. But if you get all of the apps, um, it's forty dollars a month, so four hundred and eighty um, a year. But um, I think you can share some of that, like the 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 creative your account with one more person or like have it into mm -hmm. computers I think that's the key you can have it into computers I wouldn't say it that, that way that you would share it yes you yeah. can't share it with others but you if you, you know for your own you household or your business it. right yeah. 
If you have like a desktop and mm -hmm. if you have your yeah, you can use it in two computers. Yes, you can use it in your computers. Mm -hmm. So that kind of reduces the price. And the other good thing is is that they're always coming up with um, updates and yeah. also like there's a web there's a web platform that they have, so you mm -hmm. can have your own web web page. Is basically what we're using yeah. to create our own website. So you know you have an entire package right there for you mm -hmm. to be a designer, full on, and be a creator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean uh, the thing I found, we we have it, and the thing I found with it when you scroll through and you see all the applications that they have, it makes you use some of the other applications that you wouldn't even think about. Like you know, we went through architecture school, and we very much used to using uh, Photoshop and InDesign and Illustrator, but those were the main ones we used. Since getting this, you know, I mean, like right now we're recording this on Audition, which is a Adobe product, you know, made specifically for this. All of the videos I'm editing on, on Premiere, which is another Adobe product. So that right there, I'm already using five of them. And that's not even getting into, um, I've started to learn some of the stuff for Animate, um, which is, it used to be Adobe Flash, now they call it Adobe Animate, um, and other great products. So you, you find so many of the other ones that are just, you want to you wanna learn to use them. So, yeah, I highly recommend it for people. Yeah. Cool. All right, Ray, you got one more? Or what? I don't know how long we've been recording, but give us another one. Um, yeah, I've got one more, and this one is uh, only because there's there's so many people that are interested, and I know that when I first started woodworking, um, the lathe is what really got my attention into woodworking. Um, but... Uh, you know, my, my experience was unique in, in that I wanted to learn how to use a lathe, so I went out and built one. And after a week, that one wasn't good enough, so I went and built another one. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, and I understand that my particular experience is, is unique in this regard. Uh, but if somebody were interested in wood turning, uh, you know, bowls and spindles and pins, pins seem to be the, uh, the uh, thing that people want to make the most because... It's not a, a very difficult process, and it's not intimidating either. Uh, but but in order to do any of those things, you need to have a lathe uh, to which to uh, on which to turn things on. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the one I put up here was the Grizzly uh, 12 by 18. They make smaller ones and they make bigger ones. I think if you're starting out, you've never done any turning. This is probably a good size. It's big enough where you can do. Um, a lot of stuff and you can kind of grow from, uh, you know, the first project where you're a little bit intimidated to some, maybe a, a bigger project with more skill. Uh, and, and, uh, the reason I put it up, uh, also is because it had a lot of features that normally are more expensive, um, and like variable speed and, um, uh, that, you know, being able to control the speed, uh, with a variable speed is very important. Uh, and uh, a lot easier than changing pulleys, you know. Mm -hmm. So normally this is, uh, you know, well over 300, and I think it's it's right now it's on sale just under 300. So mm -hmm. I just happen to think that it's, uh, if somebody's interested in turning, yeah. it's probably a good way, a place to start, um, much better than anything out of Harbor Freight, for example. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, yeah and uh, one of the things that I've seen people do, which I, I hadn't seen before, is that I've seen people turning plastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, like yeah. plastic rods on their lathe as well. So even if you're not into wood turning, but you could see yourself doing some other projects like that that include plastic, that could work as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we do yeah. pla we turn plastics at work all the time. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's 
a lot of them are very nice to turn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of them, not so much. You want to stay away from like polyethylenes. They're they're too mm-hmm. stringy and they grab and they're very can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. But like uh, like nylon, acetyl, mm-hmm. acetyl especially uh, turns very nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm sure you've heard of Delrin. Yep. Well, Del- you, that's stuff you were cutting. Uh, you've been cutting at the shop, right? Yeah, Delrin yeah. is a type of acetyl that's made by. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Dupont makes Delrin. Is their, is their their trade name, but yeah, it cuts very nice. It, it's got a kind of a uh, slippery surface to it. It's very very nice stuff. Yeah, yeah, very cool, definitely. Uh, and I think it's something that a lot of people tend to be scared of is the lathe, but you know, definitely try it out. It's yeah, cool. well, it can be intimidating because it works the exact opposite of every other tool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, let's see, I want to add, um, so in the $300 range I put on here, um, I had found this article on Lifehacker, uh, which, it's cool because an article, it's not just a one-time article, they constantly update it, in which they tell you how to build the sort of the best PC for $300, $600, dollars uh, so, you know, if you're looking to build a, a computer, or build a PC, this is a good article to go through, and they go through all the examples and the different the different components you should buy. So, that's really you know, if you want to buy a PC, if you want to build your own PC at an inexpensive price, I think this is the way to this is the way to do it. Um, and especially because they constantly are updating it, it's not just it's it's a living thing. It's not just something that sits there, and it's going to be out of date by next year. You know. Yeah. So, so now, now one of the things, of course, they don't include in that price is the operating system. Any of that. Software right. is separate. Yeah, yeah. The software is not really included, but the machine itself, and you know, that's really where the expensive things are, because you can build everything from you know a very simple PC all the way to a game gaming PC with this this with this article. So, that would say check it out. Yeah, very it nice. used to be that you would go to school for this, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, we've I think that's we've been gone for a long enough time. Uh, there's a couple of more that we haven't gone through yet, but uh, did, I mean, does anybody want to add another quick one before we go? Yeah, I would say the GoPro Hero uh-huh. line. Any of the GoPros? Yeah. Uh, they range from two hundred to like three hundred and fifty. Yeah. So those are always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Uh, what about you, Ray? You got any any last quick shots before we um, wrap this up? No, no. I think I think we've hit on on all the high points. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the only other one I would throw in is if you're trying to get somebody started in sort of programming or, or some computing, a Raspberry Pi is a good one to start with. Um, or so, Arduino. Yeah, Arduino is too, but Arduino is more robotics-based almost, mm, Okay. while the Raspberry Pi is more of a computer system-based. So, I mean, yeah, they're both good, definitely. <clears throat> but... Uh, also, Raspberry Pi tends to be somewhat cheaper as well sometimes. So, but yeah, either one uh, is good. So cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's sort of a list. The other thing, the other thing I'll add is uh, Make Make Magazine also put out a gift guide. So I'll add that link as well um, at the end of our list. If people can also go check that out. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, Christmas coming up. Go buy some stuff. I think it'll be good for. Uh, for the maker in your life, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. So let's go on to the next segment of the show, which is the product of the week. 
Alright, our product of the week is uh, something we don't talk about much, and uh, I'm trying to when I when I'm setting up some of these rundowns, I'm trying to sort of put more stuff that we don't always cover. But uh, you know, I think the, the drones and quadcopters have become a big part of the maker community. People are making their own. They're racing them every every sort of big um, every big make effort we've gone to has had drone racing. Um, so I found this is a it's called the Tanky Drone, which is a racing quad, and it's through Kickstarter, and uh, it's sort of a it's I guess the first one because every other quadcopter I've seen for sale is not really specifically made for um, racing, and that's the whole point of this one. So I thought I would put it on here. We could you know have a quick discussion about racing quadcopters and this product itself. What do you guys think about it? So I have questions. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's a surprise. <laughs> that's a surprise, exactly. So so does this have a camera in it? It has a camera, yeah. right. Because okay. the way raising quadcopter, you... So I'll say this. The FAA <laughs> says that when you're flying a quadcopter, you should always do it by line of sight, right? So you should be able to see your quadcopter. Whether you're using a camera on the quadcopter, you should still be able to see it as you're flying it. So that's the regulations part of it, but racing quadcopters, it's usually a closed circuit or a closed course, and it's impractical to do it by line of sight, so they all usually have a camera in it, uh, sort of, it's a low resolution, usually, it's the kind of camera you would see for um, surveillance type things, or like, you know, security cameras, they're very low resolution, because they need to be able to be transferred to goggles at a very high speed and with very low latency. And this quadcopter has one of those cameras already. With the objective to be able to see your to see the, the direction course. you're going. The, right. Okay. Right. That's that's the point of the camera. It's to see the direction you're going. Okay. Not to go and spy on your neighbor that no, you no, 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 no. got upset with. No. No. But you can buy quadcopters that have cameras for those purposes if that's what you're looking to do. It sounds like she's interested in that the way she was asking. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't judge, you know, do do what you do. Do you, you do your life, live your life. But that is not the purpose of this camera. Okay. Any other questions? Um, I really don't like the name. And I don't like how it came up, how they came up with that name. Because of some, some like, video game which had to do with a killing, a cute killing machine. Yeah, like I mean, tanky it's... and stuff. I mean, there's like all the stories behind it. Again, people will name their stuff or they'll name it. You know, I don't judge that either. But yeah, but um, you know, like you're. I mean, if you're buying, if you're if you're spending money on this, which is how much? Uh, I forget. But it's, it's on. In, it's, it's on, on Kickstarter, Kickstarter right? so we don't know long. Um, I believe it's three hundred dollars. Yeah. Is the first one that brings you in? Yeah. It's yeah. So that's. I mean, to me, that's a, that's a thing. It's like almost four hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I better like the name. Fine. <laughs> All, right. All right. What about you, Ray? What do you think about it? Well, you know, uh, when you think about quadcopters, you think you know the the market is flooded with all these kind of things, and I think mm -hmm. where this particular one is set apart is in the performance. Uh, they were they were saying that it can reach speeds of up to a hundred miles an hour, which is quite impressive for a battery operated, you know. Small because it's a very small unit, mm -hmm. uh, battery operated quadcopter. So I mean that's impressive and and you know honestly um, I don't I don't fly any of these things but mm -hmm. um, it makes me consider it mm -hmm. 
because uh, I like things that go fast. <laughs> so, like, this thing goes at 100 miles an hour. Hey, wait a minute now. Now it sounds a little bit more interesting. Because, uh, you know, when you think about a little quadcopter, you know, buzzing around, oh, yeah, that's that's nice. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I wasn't familiar with the racing aspect of it, but I like the idea of a first-person perspective from the quadcopter. Uh, and I think that is kind of romantic with the idea that uh, that not everybody, but a lot of people have had, you know, to soar like a bird. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I always wanted to fly. So this first-person perspective from the quadcopter, which I understand is not unique uh, to this one, it's uh, it's quite uh, the standard for, for racing. Uh, but those things combined and for the price, I don't think that's that outrageous when you look at, um, you know, RC uh, airplanes and, and helicopters and the like, I think it's quite reasonable. So I don't look at it personally as uh, a racing machine. I think of it as a high-performance plaything, mm. uh, which is what, if I were to get one, that's what it would be for me. Right. Uh, okay. And yes. and I like the idea. Hmm? See, okay. now you've, like, totally changed, like, completely reaffirm my my dislike for the name of <laughs> cute killing machine because i yeah. can only imagine going really fast and hitting birds yeah and and, and actually watching that <laughs> live birds are smart enough to stay away from this thing making the some noise. birds are not okay. some birds are not yeah we, we've already driven those to extinction though <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> now there's one more thing that they have to worry about you know yeah. this cute little fly, flying machine yeah, I mean, I say, keeping in mind that I'm the one that added this on here for us to discuss is um, that, and I have a quadcopter that I fly around and whatnot. Um, I think the idea of quad, no, okay, no, let me just say that. From what I've seen, the quadcopter racing or the, the yeah the quad racing is the most boring thing in the world. <laughs> like, I, it's not as fun a spectator, to watch. right? As a spectator, it's yeah. not fun to watch. Um, it might be fun to do it. I, I could see that. I'll tell you this: it's not easy to do. So if you're gonna spend for hundred dollars on this thing, you're gonna crash this thing quite a bit. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why most people just sort of make their own. Um, but the price for it, I think, it's quite reasonable because by the time you put all this stuff in your own, that you got to put on to perform all this—the cameras and the headsets and the controllers—and you're gonna end up spending about the same amount. So it's actually quite reasonable for a pre-made and ready-to-fly racing quadcopter so in that sense it's good my own personal thing is i i don't want to watch it i would love to try it i guess to see what it's like but i'm probably gonna crash your quadcopter if you let me do it (laughs) yeah yeah no 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 what i couldn't uh find is what the flight time was on a charge i didn't see that you know i didn't necessarily look it up but you know this it's important but you also think this this is for racing so they don't have to be that long i think the races are about like 20 minutes 30 minutes um, my quadcopter's flight time, I think, is 30 minutes. Which is reasonable. That's not bad. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not as good when you're first learning to fly it, because by the time you're getting the hang of it, the battery dies, so you get multiple batteries for it. Yeah. Um, everybody that I know that has one, or that I've seen has one, has, like, you know, four batteries for it, and they all come charged. So when the battery dies, you put another one, and you can keep flying for, you know, a couple hours. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so cool. Good. I think it's good discussion of something we don't really normally talk about. Mm-hmm. So, and any other thoughts, or we can move on? We can move on, Nick. Let's move on. All right.
to our famous segment. What are we working on? Alright, so what's everybody working on? Who wants to go first? Ray, why don't you go first? Okay, I'll go first. Um, you know, uh, we haven't had a, a show for a couple of weeks now, and I've had mm-hmm. quite a quite a few things go by. Um, uh, released a few videos. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if we discussed my boat hitting the water mm-hmm. last time. Uh, no, I don't think we. I think you had taken it for the initial test, uh-huh. but you hadn't you hadn't finished it yet. Yeah, well, it uh, it. It floated beautifully, so I took my boat out on the water for the first time. And uh, since it was put together with no plans and no uh, of the none of the conventional things that you would build, start building a boat with, I had no idea how it was going to sit in the water. Hmm. So I had to see it. So I I, I uh, took it out, made a video, and very pleasantly surprised. And since then, I've actually painted it and flipped it over. So oh, it's wow. yep. Yeah, you guys haven't seen that. Um, so I flipped it over. I painted like a really burgundy, a dark like mahogany burgundy kind of color. That I saw. I saw the photo. Was it photos of that? Photographs. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna put a deck on it to make it look like a like a runabout. But it's you know a little boat, so it's gonna be kind of interesting. I think uh, sitting on the water. Um, and uh, I've got another video coming out tomorrow. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I did the uh, the, the hand spinners, fidget toys, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not sure if we mentioned that last time or not, but, uh, uh, you know, someone hired me to make about 200 of those hand, hand spinner fidget toys, and I had a video up on that, and somebody saw it and said, hey, is it possible to make one like this, but with a Batman symbol? Mm-hmm. And uh, it got me thinking about it, and so I went ahead and did it. And that video will be out tomorrow, um, which I, I, I think it looks great. I, I like the, the look of it. And it's funny because the the uh, the spinner is not balanced and it's not symmetrical, so it doesn't spin as good as a balanced one does. But for me, I think that the form uh, took a little bit more uh, precedence over the function. So in this particular case, I, I'm, I'm a fan of function. But with so many things that are the same out there, uh, having something like this that is that is not balanced, but a very nice form, I think uh, I think makes it okay. I'm okay with it. Yeah, mm, that's cool. Yeah, and they're very cool looking. Yeah, so. and um, I just got a new book in. It's called. Uh, you, yeah, this is a stretch. It's called um, Boats with an Open Mind. <laughs> So, All right. yeah, so I'm going to uh, read this book on different boats uh, that were designed by uh, Phil Bolger. Um, and he, he's a, a very talented uh, boat designer and builder that ended up taking his own life uh, several years ago. But uh, his, uh, his boat designs are very well known and he's, uh, ver- you know, very well known as a boat designer of easy to build boats. Hmm. Beautiful. So is the book is the book more of a how-to? No, the it, I tell you what the title sounds like a novel, but clearly it's not. Uh, Boats with an open mind. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not a novel. It's um, it's a collection of yeah, his okay. boats, and it does have some drawings. Not enough to build it from uh, for an average person, but somebody who knew what they were doing, they could look at the drawings and kind of determine how to build a boat. 
Uh, but in his, I believe it has about seventy of his uh, unique boat designs. Yes. So it's kind of like an insp- it's kind of like an inspiration. Book. It is, and uh, I, I it just arrived today, so I cracked it open, and uh, the one that I cracked it open on started with a letter from from a client. You know, a client mm. said, "I've I've seen these other boats that I find are beautiful, and these are my particular uh, requirements, and can you design a boat for me?" So I thought it was kind of impressive the way it started with a letter from a client and. Um, Kind of remind me of some of the architecture books we we used to, uh, well I, that I have here. I'm sure you guys have as well. Mm-hmm. That can start in a, starts with a story before yeah, you yeah. get to the design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. All right, cool. What about you, Claudia? What have you been working on? So I've been busy doing non-creative stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you should ask the mayor of yeah. DC. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that <laughs> video. What I've been up to with her. <laughs> um, yeah, so other than that, which does take a lot of organizing, uh, yeah. it does take a lot of courage specifically. Like the courage is amazing that they need and also a lot of support. So I thank everyone for all the support and um, also helping me be part of that too. Mm-hmm. Like basically um, a lot of other organizers that do all this work and we're all collaborating right now. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, along the things that, you know, like the, the, the advocacy that I've been doing has been a lot of advocacy uh, uh, with the library, right? Yeah. Uh, the DC library system as a whole and um, some of the programming that they, they, that they do and some of the shortcomings that they have, but in a very positive way, right? I had to start helping, helping them as, as a community rather than being like overly critical or not using it at all. So one of the things that we did, Jose and I, was like we went, we visited the fab lab. I mean, he goes there all the time to go there, mm-hmm. the fabrication lab. But um, in a quick thing, you know, I asked the, the staffers if they had a, a group, a Facebook group or something like that of the users, and they said that they weren't uh, allowed to have one. What? Which that, yeah, like the, the library doesn't let them do why? that. Uh, because the library wants basically, or the social media to run through the library's specific you uh, Facebook uh, account and Twitter account and whatnot. So they don't want so the like Fab Lab to have its own. Right, so each department can't have its own. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, and, you know, and, and that was specifically because it, it is it is a user. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, that's the purpose, so that, you know, users could talk to each other because it's it's, it's a very complex system mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that you have to go through to have access to the Fab Lab. Um, so... We create our own because there's nothing saying that we can't. Right. So that's what we did. So I've been this coming week. I'm going to be working on building that group. Yeah. Um, one of the things I realized is like not too many of my friends here in, in DC actually use the use those services because I have been posting it constantly and you know no one was like oh this is great like I, I need to join this and I I manage other groups and mm-hmm. usually they go by really quick like they fill up because you know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a service or it's something that, a topic that, I, that people are interested in. But for some reason, this was not in that. So uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to have to do more outreach mm-hmm. full on on this and, and really find out who are the users, get them to join and then see where the gaps are in users too. So, and I had to, oh, the other thing is I had to create a, a logo for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and I already had the library over the library oversight check me up on the logo saying that I couldn't I needed to adjust the logo. Oh really? <laughs> what is that? They didn't want their their <laughs> a, a little part of their logo or right. basically their logo was was part of the new one. Right. And they were like we well, you can't do that. So. Right, because the, the name of the group is Friends of the DC Fab Lab or the DC Public Library Fabrication Lab, uh-huh. and uh, and so what Claudia had done is to create the logo for the fabrication for the for the group. She used part of the logo that the fabrication lab has, and they were like, "Yeah, you can't use that logo uh-huh. <laughs> because it's not a it's it's not an official Fab Lab organization." Yeah. 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 So. Which is completely understandable. You know what? Sorry. That makes me feel like saying, that, like, fine. Well, I'm gonna make enemies of the of the <laughs> PC Fab Lab, and I'll use whatever I want to use. <laughs> but that's just because it. I'm non-confrontational. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> it's non-violence, right? Yeah. <laughs> Love yeah. it. But yes, yeah, so that's what we'll be working on. I'll keep everyone updated, and mm-hmm. mainly like to see how many users I can manage to. Yeah. outreach to mm-hmm. so. yeah. cool good um, yeah so along those same lines actually I've uh, I've also been putting some videos up on YouTube and one of the ones that I just put up on Monday Monday Tuesday I don't remember um, or what, what, when you're hearing this that it's already been live is I did a sort of a, a walkthrough on the steps you need to do to 3d print at the DC Public Library fabrication lab it's like a like a 10 minute video that walks you through sort of every step once you once you've gotten sort of the certification to use the the machines it it sort of walks you through all the steps in order to get to the you know I'm wondering print. why I didn't get a notification about that oh, I'm not quite sure no. yeah that's weird I should have yeah I should have because yeah. I'm subscribed to you I should have yeah. a notification huh. no yeah. I'm gonna check it yeah I don't know but uh, yeah it just went live fourth so yeah so check it out I mean it, it sort of shows you this is only the step for using the printer so it doesn't even get into the whole and because of the way I was doing it I, I walked through basically you remember when I think it was when we were at your house I broke the holder for the microphone yes and I've been holding it since then I've been holding it with sort of a rubber band so I decided I'm going to 3d print a replacement part for it and I, I walked through the entire step from Signing up a time to go to the to the library to print it, to downloading it, to setting up the file and printing it and all of that. So yeah, that way people can see how it's done and and hopefully encourages more people to use the the machines. Cool. Um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, cool. And uh, the only the other thing I put up was I finished the the lockers that I've been upcycling here. So that also the video a real quick video walking through that and. Uh, and yeah, uh, the other thing I'll put up maybe at the end of the week is I finished the Dalek that we have talked about. I think you and I had talked about it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so now that's finished and I did a quick video putting it together and have a laser cut it. So I'll also have that up and and I, I think I might eventually put them up for sale on an Etsy store as well. So oh, cool. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to send me the file so I can make one out yeah. of uh, aluminum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll have to send you that file so that you can, you have to scale it up a little bit because I, I printed it up at like 16th inch wood. So, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I can scale it up. Yeah. So cool. Um, The other thing we did, 
and it's sort of mildly related to to making, but I think Claudia would like to mention some of the people we met. Um, we went to a a Star Wars event. Um, it was it's called Star Wars Day here in the D.C. area. Well, D.C. area. It's in Woodbridge, which is like a good 35 minutes from D.C. But uh, we went to this event. It was mostly for fun and to sort of support it. I, we I had met this the, the organizers in during Silver Spring Maker Fair. Um, so we decided we'd go check it out and uh, and see what it was like. And it's a, it's a nice event. Uh, it takes place over two days uh, around this time of year. So I'm sure they'll have it again next year. Uh, but we met, you know, most, there's mostly a lot of vendors, people selling Star Wars stuff. But we also made, met quite a few artists that uh, at the event. Um, what was the name? This was the Art Alliance. They're called the Artway Alliance. Yeah, and the Artway Alliance. It's a nonprofit organization that provides students like the opportunity and to learn the practice of uh, graphic design, graphic. Uh, drawing, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. specifically to different types of media, and um, you know, like how to teach also. So, like teaching, so teaching young people how to teach themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, once they they become more, um, yeah, except they think sell in, in their artwork. Mm -hmm. It has a lot to do with comic books, uh, cartoons, uh, sci-fi environments. We mm -hmm. took uh, a specific class on like choosing colors for sci-fi environments which I thought was kind of cool mm -hmm. um, yeah so it's, it was really cool it's basically incorporating a little bit of STEM in terms of science and technology because they also use um, uh, like products like Adobe too. Mm -hmm. and they sell their, their, their work which is yeah. really nice too yeah, so they teach them how to be that under like artist and entrepreneur. Right, it's sort of the art and the design part of the making that we talk about here. So that's why I think it was it was nice to meet him and you know uh, we've sort of made the connection. We might do some stuff together. It'd be a so yeah, check him out. The Artway Alliance. It's artwayalliance dot org. Yes. Um, yeah, then, I just wanted to mention that very quickly. And this reminds me, I have to um, the other thing I have to do like not that I'm. I'm gonna take a break from bugging the mayor. <laughs> Don't get used to it, mayor. Um, I'm gonna. I have to respond to some of the emails that we received from um, some of the connections we made at the Maker Fair in New York, mm -hmm. in New York City, and the boroughs there. So that's coming this week as well. Cool. So yeah, I mean, I think on that note, that's really the end of the show. Um, it's been, I hope everybody could take something away from it. Uh, why don't we all run down very quickly as to where people can see more about us? Why don't you go first, Ray? Uh, you can find out more about me on my YouTube channel. There'll be a link in the uh, description of the video uh, of this uh, podcast. And um, my Facebook page, uh, Homemade Lathe uh, Group, uh, you know, helping people build their own homemade lathes of all different uh, types and sizes. Cool. Claudia? Um, I'm going to be revamping my website, so thecityecologist.com. You can find me there. Uh, on Twitter, The City Ecologist. Um, made Podcast as well, mm -hmm. at Made Podcast. And um, on Facebook, even, Claudia Barrigan. Mm -hmm. Claudia Barrigan. Cool. Yeah, and you can find me, uh, I'm at City Aperture on both, <clears throat> well, on pretty much everything that's social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, and uh, even YouTube now, so 
You search City Aperture, you'll find me. Um, cool. And you can find the show at, at matepodcast.com on Twitter and on Facebook as well. So, cool. That's uh, everything. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. We're not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but we'll figure that out. And uh, it'll be another great show. <laughs> That's for sure. Yep. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again. Bye.